This is CliffCentral.com. Hey Dave, it's Ryan. Just got to the studio and no one is here. And I'm kind of freaking out because it's 9 o'clock and we need to start the Just Now Comedy Podcast. There's a button here that says cross over to Dave Levinson and Martin Evans in Cape Town. But it says don't push. So I don't know exactly. I'm going to push it. You know what? Fuck it, I'm going to push it. Three, two, one. So today is the 30th of November, and the podcast actually getting out a little bit. We've done one in Clarence, in fact, with uh, the same person that we're recording with now. So uh, now the Just Now Comedy Podcast comes to you live from Cape Town on the roof of comedian Martin Evans's penthouse. <laughs> that, sounds, <laughs> that sounds far more glamorous. No, it's, it's, and also that we had some uh, coffee, yeah. which you cooked on a pot, mm. old school. You're into that. Uh, you know what? Okay, so yeah, just to give some context, we hear a lot of background noise out there. It's, uh, it's a lovely day, so we've got the doors open, and I'm on the, the 10th floor, so it's quite high up, but you've got all the cityscape sounds happening out so there. So what I would do now is, if you are listening, so we do have our regular listeners. Um, we've got Cornelius, Michelle will be listening from, the, from the, the aquarium here in Cape Town, so we are in your area. We can almost smell the turtle shit from where we're sitting. And Martin's <laughs> just lit up a nice little... Is that a special cigarette? Daddy's special cigarettes? It's a home... It's a cigarette in my house. Cigarette. It's a house, house cigarette. House like, cigarette. A, uh, like a house house music. House music. So, yeah. so, so what I want people to do is maybe in you can tick off how many sirens are here because we're not in the greatest area of Cape Town. Where is this? Dude, I, t- I will take that as the offense that it was meant with, okay? <laughs> uh, we're in Bree Street. Um, so in, in Joburg, what would this be? Like Kensington, Bertrams? If this was Joburg, it would be... It isn't in Joburg. That's the thing. This is Bree Street in Cape Town. As we know the city. So this you count, not, if you're listening, count the sirens. Well, I'm not trying to make it sound better just than it is, but I don't live in the fanciest place. I've just got a unique place, right? But outside where I am, the street is filled with some of the nicest bars and restaurants. Uh, it's, it's the but CBD. not gentrified, hey? That's been there really no, often. It's a mix uh, of everything. If you look at Long Street, Loop Street, Bree Street, right around here, Batencraft, you've got the CBD in the city here right now. Some of it has been gentrified, some of it has been just upgraded. But uh, the areas of gentrification are more pursuing like out towards Woodstock okay. and uh, what have you. Because there has been massive. Eh? I mean, I used to live in Zonneblom, and I did a gig there last night um, at the Canterbury, you know, down there, uh, yes. it would be called Harrington Street. Mm-hmm. And I used to live there, and we couldn't sell that flat for, I think, in, in 1993, we couldn't sell that flat for 200,000 rand. That's, that's one of those things about Cape Town is like, you know, obviously pretty much everywhere in the world knows it's a great city and it's been voted you know yes. and the prices of property over the years have skyrocketed I actually sold my place yesterday technically I got the deposit through yesterday right and, and that it, place was kind of it's a small I think it was a 40 square meter well meters. I'm doing a joke about it at the moment where people say things like oh you know there's there's a huge privilege that I've had to have this property right but it's 14 meters square it's smaller than an RDP home. I do remember I came to visit you there and I was like, I was in the lounge bedroom, kitchen, kitchen look, bedroom. Look, I, at no toilet. point was this ever going to be anything other than that. It was a spot. It was, it was an option that came up in the deceased estate. And you kind of came up just when Airbnb was coming up. No, but it was never Airbnb. It was purchased, it was underneath the flat that my brother and I had. And we oh. sold that flat. And then the, the, the older man who lived downstairs had not lived in the nicest of circumstances. And he, when he passed away, I managed to get it as a deceased okay. estate. So I had this tiny thing that's, and like, well, maybe we can talk about this in a bit about finances yes. as a sort of how do you become I think let's, there's two things that you've touched on there let's go 
to do something completely weird. We're going to take a walk through Cape Town now, and we're going to take the microphone with us. So you're going to come with us on a little, I would say, a Martin Evans-based comedy tour of Cape Town. Because you're speaking about things that people need to know about. Because so many people come from Joburg. They end up at um, Camps Bay, at what it, if it's called. Right. There's so many other little places that I'm sure you know about. So well, let's let's, like, let's uh, tap like, your, your I mean, mind. I've been to Johannesburg many, many times in my life. But if someone had to say to me right now, tell me where to go in Joburg, I'd be like, I feel like I really don't know. Like, yeah. Things change. Right? So you do a little, let's get a little, um, and, and people, let's call it a local tour. People are very familiar with certain things. Like when you know, one talks of a brand that hasn't existed for 15 years, and you go, oh my God, you, that's just so cemented in your head. Hey, yo, when's yeah. the spin off comedy jam on? You so, like, yeah, exactly. It stopped in I, I saw you. I, I saw you. Some people said to me, they saw me in an ad um, for they'll mention like three or four cellular providers and you try and tell them well it was actually it was Mweb when the, when the internet came out on, on dial up and then Rob Van Fieren was at the comedy club last night and a guy came out and he said this is my moment I've been waiting for I'm meeting two guys that were in the Mweb ad and it was Liam Bento and Rob looked at me he goes fuck I didn't remember that because we were in the same ad which was that Clemeny books yeah. and Liam took a photo of Rob Van Fieren and I and said this is a magical moment. You guys have come together. And then I oh. said to him, actually, at the time, they were the, one of the biggest advertising spenders. So Nick Rabinovitz is in one as well. Yeah. And they obviously saw the, the value in using comedians for their timing. Well, look at the Castle Lager adverts. I mean... Jason Goliath. Goliath. Uh, committee. Alan Committee. Uh, me. You. Uh, this Rob. Rob. Like, all the brands, basically. Yeah. Like and then the, the Oscar brothers, the Oscar Peterson and the other one. Joe Barber. Joe Barber. They were in the castle, like, I think. Maybe not with the drinking. But anyway. So can I have a puff of that as well while I, while I think? So to, I think you picked up on two things. So we, we let's time our, our podcast. We're going to go for a walk down down Cape Town streets. Sure, if you sure. don't mind uh, coming with us in podcast but land, the reason why might I be a bit noisy. The reason why we're kind of going to do this is just to give you some extra context and it comes back to where I am. I am in, if anyone doesn't know Cape Town, it is the smallest little CBD you can imagine, Right. And everything, and, and I, I mean this in the nicest way possible, I can, I can walk everywhere, and I cycle a lot, so I'm on my little bicycle everywhere, like some little hipster, you can judge me if you want, but I'm happy with it. Everything is thin, honestly, like a square mile, and, and this is not a South Africa that many other people are aware of or familiar with. So if we leave my flat, and we yes. just do a, honestly, with three, three blocks square, okay. it's too much, it's, it's too much, we'll, we'll, we'll actually two. end up we'll be too busy. <laughs> in two blocks, I'll show you how many nights around here have a comedy night, Okay, in the cool. city and so let's see that as a bit of a mission and, and folks don't realize just how a culture of comedy exists in the city that's really really strong it doesn't necessarily mean it's great comedy you know people <laughs> have to always understand you're right there, I'm okay that's alright you're in my flat so it's I'll all to cop so you feel I'm in a safe uh, place do you want a safe word my safe word <coughs> I have a safe word it's fucking there's my trench <laughs> So, okay, let's go on a little tour, but that we're going to do. So look forward to that coming up in this hour. And then you also touched on something we spoke about outside on your roof there when you just showed me the view. Liz, did you talk about flats? I was talking about invoicing um, a comedy club. I was talking about invoicing a client. Mm. And then we kind of started speaking about the business of comedy. So a young comedian starting out, he's in his 20s, maybe living with his parents, her parents. These things aren't told. They're not said to you how to invoice. Paying tax. And let's go through your example because you do a lot of TV ads. So, okay, so yeah. you said you recently got a, a list of sort of Excel document of ads that you had done. Yeah. And it kind of shocked you. Well, I've done more work, legitimate, you know, everything is clocked and regularly posted off to SARS, legitimate, proper work. Because it's through an agency. Because it's through an agency. Okay. And they handle an aspect of my sort of professionalism for income that I would never have done on my own. Is that based on the cigarettes we're smoking now? No, it's because I have competent 
valuable agents who do these things. Who's your agent? It's APM. And I would, I would what does the APM stand for? Artist Personal Management. And okay. um, who's, the, who's the lady there with personal? I'm, so I'm assuming well, I do know. Janet Duplessis is the the sort of agency uh-huh. head owner. Um, okay. But so it's, shout it's out. staffed out by the most fantastic series of, of women who really really make what I do feasible and if I didn't have them this kind of goes back to this ignorance we have in an industry it's all fine and well someone saying listen uh, you're going to do a commercial I'm like, great fantastic how does this work if you had to do the paperwork on a commercial alright cool this is now showing oh, yeah. all it's the Scandinavian just, I've done it myself because I, I, I'm agent list and I've had to go through a contract recently with Comedy Central and it was daunting it's something my brain doesn't fix because it doesn't make sense um, maybe I'm creative side so we right brained mm. well I'll give you an example I filmed I film, I I'm, not, I'm not able to talk about it because of the actual contract I was signing yeah, yeah. I can just tell you that I was signing a contract for this, this international project I was on and my agents who have signing rights for me have already signed this but now I have to initial every page okay sure. this was 36 32 pages, pages. Oh. okay and I looked at it and I was just like oh my you goodness. haven't read it you just initialed <laughs> it <laughs> the thing is the trust is there with my agents yeah. right and I like, so there's that professional side of that that I could never have handled trying to work out the percentage of usage on a commercial that's in various exactly. territories different territories different commercial so platforms. what's the first first tip there for young because comedians are going to go to castings and you're going to get these ads where they love your timing and they Look, love your equity you've actually already jumped the gun if you're getting to castings the chances are you already have an agent I have an agent okay so it's, it's if you've got an agent you're going to castings it doesn't really so, work so comedians around. start getting into that getting a film agent they're not comedy agents they don't deal with those gigs they're not agents not going to get your gig at Slug and Letters no but I'll give you a better example of where it might affect someone like comedians more who aren't covered by agents so like you're a great upcoming comic and some brand recognizes it okay and they go you know what we're going to make comedian X the face of a financial brand and say we're going to use this so that guy guy go okay geez I've just been offered a huge local ad campaign and I don't have an agent now what do I do there's always going to be an agent you can go to who will take on the campaign the problem is there's these casting studios that are called um, happy faces or big people that's not who you need to go to no you see the problem those are those cattle cool castings people don't understand is that the industry is made up of massive disparity between being an extra and Uh being an actor or even in between that like you said a featured extra if you want to go and have fun like experience what it's like to be on a film set and you have no objection to getting underpaid Probably what's them? I've seen them get three hundred rand a day. Look, it's more than that. I would say it's probably about eight hundred to a thousand rand they're paying extra. But you get no usage, yes. right? And you sit and you have to repeat the same actions the yeah. whole day, and it can be horrible. But those people are making no money, and mm. they come from feature agencies, character castings. So it's like and they are. I'm not saying they're unemployed, but they are they're in a point of their lives where they've got the time. The people who go through extras, and I don't mean to be disparaging to all of them, you'll find retired folks yes you'll find uh, very young you'll find, first year students you'll find people who perhaps are not not actually doing quite as well as you realize you've got folks who are coming from pretty much extreme poverty who are actually no. there for the food I've had, I've had questions asked about my kid so he's nine and they've said can he come to casting I said you know what he'll come to a casting when he sees what it's about I'm not going to be those parents who wants to push t- when he starts going actually I'm into acting I dig it then he can go for now he's got to look that Jet or Ackerman was once a young kid to look like and I said no I can't go to the casting it's look, a long day <laughs> if I was a parent and I had the time that really I have sh- in really my life shouldn't. because of because of, you're right <laughs> because of like the way this nature of the industry is like I might be quiet I might be busy but a lot of my <coughs> friends who are 
in the industry have children and at times it can be awkward they don't know what to do they have to no. sometimes bring them along or whatever but there are castings where they might bring their kids to it now most of the actors children tend to have Little pretty well behaved yeah. children who understand <laughs> the industry and they don't get overwhelmed no. by the treatment and then you get some people who just think that the they're going to want the kid to be in the nappy ad? They spawned the most precious little beastie <laughs> in the planet, and little so and so is just oh my goodness! And you go, you've created a monster, and you see them run around. See them at the castings, yeah. So I've they kind of have that. What you said now is spot on. An ex actor or a current actor with a kid has that knowledge of ah, oh, I've seen mom do this. Let me. You see, I can you see the difference is if you've got like honestly like one of the most beautiful children in the world and it has this little look no. that the world wants to say listen we want this to be the face of international cellular phone company no. you go like you know what that is going to cover your kids university yes consider it but if they want them to just be cheeky chat before in the back of an advert it's like you know what you're, you're, you're actually building them up for the wrong Massive kind failure, of yeah. like the way that this is something I always found ridiculous if you work on a large project and I say large project almost any professional project right the way you get nannied on a set is embarrassing like you know here you are you've made it 43 years in this world without you know Having what do you want to call it no. like having someone wipe your ass and the young production you get, you company people that come there they do treat you like a bit and of a moron like, sorry sir I'm just going to stand over you with an umbrella I'm like yes. I can tell you what give no. me the umbrella and I'll hold the umbrella no, no, he's been told you can, you can you can go and do something else yeah. you know, no sir I'm, I'm the umbrella man yeah. like, what the hell are you doing and also so, to come there to say can I get you some water and then you've, if you've really got water in your hand I have, I have that can I take that water from you so you get you it's water it's not patronizing it's more sort of so yeah, I don't Irritating. think I don't think I don't think it's a healthy space kids. For I don't children. think kids get treated well on set at all because what happens is the director's job is to shout at people. No, no, no. When no, you shout I, at your kid, no, have you had cool directors? I disagree. I've done so many projects. You do the thing now with a kid. I've done over fifty the, international commercials and oh. a great deal of them. I play the age role of being a dad in a commercial, and like there's an, a handful of kids who've been pulled off set because they were unworkable. Right? You said there was a kid that eventually just said no. No, the director he stopped, came he literally said. Just, you know, he was a little brat. Um, and they stopped the commercial, moved him on. You know what I mean? And they just... Changed the changed actor? Changed the angle, got him out. Go, go, you can go home, little boy. Yeah. We don't need you. But, but surely they would have picked it up in the car. So what I'm saying is, the attitude of the director with children is like, we were on set the other day. Uh, I can't talk about it. Anyway, so there's horses. There's horses, right? <laughs> can't talk about and, the ad. And what horse, was the ad, Martin? A horse can be trained, and they were amazing animals. But a horse, it's smart enough, right? That it, it's not its first time, it's not its no. fucking first rodeo. This knows exactly what it's doing. <laughs> That's right? where that saying comes from. So, so when you're on set and a uh, director's gonna shout, okay, like, you know, fucking, are we ready? Camera rolling, action. It was, I think horse, I saw something on Instagram you addressed as a horse, sort of Civil War nod. It wasn't you. <laughs> but the horses react to camera action. They know what that is. It's like a dog getting ready for going for a walk. You know, that's that some hype. And you just go, you can't rely on. All these people in the industry to react in the same way. Anyway, the horse was doing better than the actors. The horse was amazing. Was Fantastic. Amazing. Anyway, we get to talk about finance. So now, here's like what you said. Something else about two two comedians we know, Mojack and, and Robbie, Collins. Robbie Collins are in a. Let's not even say the product name, but they're in a. They're in a financial, financial based how to. Well, like your yeah, money management thing. Okay, yeah. so the first thing. Okay, I'm 48 now. I've only just recently started a company comedy-based company that pays me a salary because someone said to me a long time ago. And here's the first thing is that 32-page contract from the company's act was daunting. Mm. So that's why you don't do it. Yeah. It's the same as people saying, you must buy shares. Like, no, no, I can't. I'll go through my broker. But they, 
okay, keep you out of these things for a reason. Yeah. Because it's valuable to you as a as a tax. So I've started a company where I get a salary from that company. I get more access to cell phone contracts, loans, car hire companies with that salary slip of of nothing. It's mm-hmm. it's a tiny salary. But it's changed the way I do business, changed the way I invoice, it's changed everything. But no one's telling these young comedians like do this now. Because what if you tell them that and they're not company based minds, they're not gonna it's not gonna work. And then they come back to you and say, Fuck that advice, it was stupid. Well I mean if we're going back then to like how the finance things work, you know, so APM covers all that aspect for me, but nobody does the comedy side of things. So how are you currently doing it? You do when you did a gig last night, so we get an invoice, it's a company, you invoice a person. Well, over the years, and I haven't done much comedy, I've only just literally started again for the mm-hmm. first time in about two years I'm starting to gig again. Um, and say, for example, we'll be doing Cape Town Comedy. That means I'll be invoicing, yeah. right? And then I'm going to have that come into my account. And so how do you, you just have a Word document with your name and your... Well, I, they, I, they want um, your no, tax I, number. I've got invoicing software. And I use, uh, what do you I'll, use? I've got... Uh, Sage. Tax. No, I don't actually. I use a free app that I'm very happy with. Because Little it allows invoice. me to put on like... 50 clients and okay. end of the year I probably only have about 10 or so that I really need to add specifically at this 50 day. per year or 50 per app? I've never reached any issue with it so I'm not okay. too sure but you know like I'll send out my invoice for that and that's one thing but like you were saying uh, my financial position recently shouldn't be in the position it's in because you know there's my little flat that I own outright yeah. but because of the nature of my employment I have no ability to remortgage it because I haven't managed myself as a business that the banks go, okay, cool. Well, whatever income you made last year, if I paid it out as a, a small salary, monthly, that the credit access that I would okay. receive. So it put me in a position where even though I owned this little property outright, the risk of losing it because I didn't have access to credit that was basically existing, other than selling. If you had a small company registered, would you, do you think the banks would treat you differently? Well, if I'd had the ability, say for example, if I'd just been a normal salaried man. And I would go, you know what I'm going to do? I want to do some improvements for my flat. And I'm going to go take a little remortgage on it. And then, you know, spend 100 grand or whatever it was on the flat and have access to the funds. That was all I wanted to do. Okay, and you couldn't. And I couldn't. But then it was also that thing of like, well, actually, you know, I haven't worked a lot recently. And finances have been tight. This has been a really tough period for like a year year and a bit. A year and a bit of, I went from doing 10 international commercials over the drought, dropping to one renewal and one commercial. Okay. It was a massive, massive dent in my income. And because I don't want to rely on stand-up, this was an unprecedented and unexpected level in drop. I don't think people realize. I mean, you know, I'm talking to you, Martin Evans. Someone said, well, does he do comedy? Who is he? Who is he? I think they don't realize how <laughs> massive you are if you went to Belgium or if you went to Italy. You, you, you're selling bread in Italy. You're selling exhaust pipes in Belgium. Finland. I think you're on a, you've done some crazy stuff because Cape Town's a very big film-based well, I mean, I, I, again, not a question of... I've never felt this is a, a thing to be sort of proud of. Yeah. But I've been in a lot of commercials that have shown, frankly, every territory in the world. Like, huge brands that I've been in the face of worldwide. You, didn't you get a phone call from someone they were watching the Super Bowl or something? That's I've been you. in three Super Bowl commercials. <laughs> okay, seriously. Like, I've done... I was the face of PayPal worldwide. So, there was, like, so Kanye West was seen at the halftime show, and there you were. Yeah, like so, like background. But what the thing is, like, so there's—I've got no issue with what those represent. Those represented payment for jobs. They were yeah. quite good fun. I enjoy doing them. I don't at any point go, <laughs> "You might know me from a PayPal <laughs> advert." Like that would just be pure wank, right? But it does bring up something kind of strange, which I realise because I've done loads of commercials in the UK. So I go back to the UK and you get on the tube, and someone's sitting across from you, and they don't go like, "Hello, 
I've seen you on TV before. They just go, look at you hey, weird. Were we in high school together or something? <laughs> Do you know what I mean? And they like smile at you. And then I get awkward because I've been smoking strong weed. And <laughs> it's like, oh, this is, this Maybe is I was in high school with this guy. Possibly, yeah. Anyway, so what are we going to do? We're gonna yeah, we spoke about the finances. So I would like, um, I, I do want to do, a, a, we did a program already, but just in terms of insurance for comedian, because we don't have an, a steady income. So the guy said, no, there is an insurance package for that where sporadic payments are split over the years. So in other words, you have six payments and they're split through the year. So if you miss one, you still got five, but you've got two months to pay it. Right. So it was a six months and that's life insurance. That's when you die. But the other ones were medical aids. And just general savings. And what you said now, massive income from for a while, and then the drought came and you got two gigs. Mm. But what the banks want is steady income. So if you had split that over 12 months, the banks would have loved you. I mean, what, do you what do you need? As I'm saying, if I had basically redone all my financially sort of considered stuff better, yeah. initially when I'd Who would you get advice from? No one. So you're I'm an internet guy, so you obviously go to... But the thing is, they're European-based... <laughs> Every YouTube thing I see, the first thing it starts with, like, are you in debt? What we'd like to do is help you get out of debt. Take your salary, and I want you to take the thing, and how much coffee do you have? And the first sentence was, take your salary. So there's no, we don't get one. You know, if you've got a regular TV show or something, that's quite lacquer. You know, if you're on Seven Delano, if you're, you know, let's look at someone like Skulk. He's based himself into movies, so he's going to get a royalty fee from that film if it does happen, if he set up a contract. And then he's got his acting that he's doing, and then he's got... He does commercials, and he does straight stand-up, and he's got his own show. So there's multiple streams of income. Mm. So that's where you, I would say to young comics, start looking at these things. I spoke to Kate Pinchuk, and I said, your, your comedy is well thought out in, your, in the way you think it. Why aren't you writing for, for Femina or for Fair Lady or these places and doing these little back-page stories? You know that last page in the mag, A Life is Like That or whatever? Mm. They, pay, they pay two or three grand for those things. That's where you should be, should be going as a little other source. But let's not talk about that. I just want to phone um, Rabin. Right. And I'm just going to hold it up to there so he'll be able to speak. It should be fine. Yeah. So he's uh, started this weird idea where he saw a, an empty shop at, at a mall. Yeah. And he went to the mall management and said, How, who's going to take this shop? And they said, nobody. He said, well, can't, can you offer me a small rental? And then I will put up an idea. So he sent him a proposal and he, he got it. So I find exactly what he, what he did. Um, into his thing there. George Michael Fan Club, good afternoon. <laughs> I saw a thing on um, <laughs> Danny Boyle. Was it Danny Boyle? Roy, who's your guy? And he said, he said this way. Okay. No, the microphone's the other way around, so the speaker's coming oh, yeah. out there. Oh, okay, cool. We'll just so, do it there. Yeah. Rabin, say some words. Say some words. Okay, they had this um, George Michael driving um, video where he said, take, take the circle now, indicate, and wank. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, uh, so I did an intro now with, with I'm talking to Martin Evans on, on the podcast. We said that you've started this, oh, this weird idea, and that's you, basically. That is, I think you, your name is Rabin Weird Idea Harduth. Yeah, um, Weird Idea No Money Hard Guy. That's yeah, me. Or uh, I call you Ryan's brother. <laughs> <laughs> so now. That, that, you, that hurt. <laughs> sorry, sorry. So now what you've got now is, is, is a kind of, it is an idea, because you went to a shopping center. Tell us how, how it went. You gave them a proposal. Yeah. So I would, I mean, you, everybody walks around shopping centers. There's always um, empty stores that are boarded up and stuff. And I always look in there and I go, hey, man, this could be like this. You could put 400 chairs in here and sell the tickets and do a comedy show. Okay, cool. So what, so, you, what was the uh, next so there was a local, there was a local mall there where I stayed, Mall of the South in the south of Jonesburg. And um, uh, I saw this big store next to the checkers and I looked inside and I was like, wow, yeah, I could put four or 500 chairs in here. 
And then um, I proposed to them. I sat to them and I said, look, this is what I'm going to do. I'm Literally gonna, on your knees, no, I, like a proper proposal. No, 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 I probably had a, a feasibility a spreadsheet. I had mock-up posters. I already got availabilities of comedians. I think it was yourself, Chris, Dylan Oliphant. Like, you know, it was like a, a Jason, like a lineup of four comics. It was just one Saturday night in August, you know. So I gave myself like two months to sell that 400 tickets. And I proposed to them. They were like, they love it. There's no entertainment in the mall. They think it's a good idea. But unfortunately, that premises is already, there's a lease agreement in place and someone's moving in. But they have this other smaller premises, which they could possibly come to some sort of arrangement with me where I could have it for a couple of weeks or like two months, basically, and then try a pop-up concept. The cool thing, you know what the cool thing is? As an entrepreneur, you have no fear in asking because the biggest fear is someone saying no. A hundred percent. And so many of the things that I did, I just asked the question. Hmm. Even at the Clarence Comedy Festival, I went to Clarence with my wife on holiday and I said, hey man, this reminds me of Edinburgh. Hmm. wonder if we can do the thing here. And then I asked the lady, I said, who runs the town? You know, I was like, do you have a mayor or do you have a, a, a sheriff? <laughs> it's like they just said, you just no, go, there's a, there's a lesbian on the hill with a loud hailer that yeah, runs the town. Exactly. They said, no, 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 there's a, there's a tourism forum and this lady's in charge. So speak to her. Cool. So I spoke to her and she was like, hey, speak to these people. They'd be keen. And then that's how it kind So of that's interesting because we were, oh, we're not talking business today, but we were talking about starting no. companies and things. Martin and I were talking about how the entrepreneur isn't, there's nothing central about it. And they don't, they don't look after no. you. So you're just doing stuff. So now you're in the company. They accepted your proposal and you, now you start this comedy club. What's it called? It's called the Comedy Comedy Club. <laughs> <laughs> it's called I the why? I, I tell you why. I know and people ask why. Because I wanted to call it like, you know, everybody has a name attached to it or something, and I thought that's cool. And you know, okay, so you're talking about like the Goliath, Parkers, Cape Town so, Comedy so Club. The thing, I, the thing I wanted, the initial one was Hardy Hahas. Because hmm. of the Hardy Dog. You know, because of the harder, harder surname and Haha and, and whatever. And not and the Hardy Dog, not the bird. It, it, it just looked silly. And then I remember listening to a, um, a radio interview or something with a, a marketing guy, and he was like, hard sounding K and K and C sounds work well in people's minds things like Kodak yes. Coca-Cola Krispy yeah. Kreme all of these things people remember cool. so I was like so instead of trying to do the comedy warehouse shop store thing or whatever because I thought the comedy shop was cool but then I just went to the comedy comedy club it's not, you know what's it's nice it, has, it is it's a talking points it's an entrance it's a breaking the ice yes. it's funny cool. and, and it's not completely attractive I'm not calling it the Martin and I have been. We do also. We also went. Yeah, exactly. If you go to, the, if you call it the comedy tuck shop, people come there and they want that. So what what we've yeah. done is we Martin and I have um, tested some home based cigarettes for the podcast just to see if it makes any difference. I can I can hear sirens. Okay, so now when is your wow. club opening and, and who's on? So I'm I'm, I'm building it still. It's, it's the first. That's the other. You are speak. building it yourself by you painting yes, the walls. That's the thing because part of the thing is like. I didn't have any money, but I wanted to build this comedy club. So I went to a hardware supplier called Leroy Merlin, yeah. and I said, I've got this idea. And I will tweet and Facebook and Instagram, because obviously, you know, companies see value in that, where other people don't. And so can't they, can't, can't they sponsor our podcast as well, if they've got money? Ask them to sponsor yes, yes. the podcast. Correct. Right. <laughs> um, so, so I came to them, and they said, okay, cool, what do you think it's going to cost? And I did a quick little cost breakdown, and it's so many pieces of wood, and it's so many pieces of paint. I need these kind of light fittings and some cabling and cable ties and all that kind of crap. Uh-huh. Globes and bulbs. How uh, far are you? Then, um, I'm about, so the, the, the flooring is 90% done. The walls are 60% done. Electrics are 100% done. 
Uh, I'm picking up all the timber now. I'm here in the hardware store now. I'm picking up the timber, which is already pre-cut. So I've just got to build the stage. I've got to zing, zing, and screw the stage together and put together my little reception. Up till when? What's your deadline? When's your first show? Oh, my first show is this Saturday. Saturday, the 1st of December. <laughs> 1st of December. You're taking on the Global Citizens, Jay-Z, Beyonce's in town, and you're doing a comedy show at the Comedy Comedy... If they want to come do a spot, they can. Uh, I'm, I'm not, I know Jay-Z. I have a lineup, but I could squeeze them. I mean, I could, yeah. I'm not saying... I think Ed Sheeran you know, maybe you, might be able to put a... If you come, you might have to go... You know, I can't put you on before um, um, after Mel Miller, but you can definitely open for him. Okay, so Beyonce is opening for Mel Miller at your comedy club, Saturday the 1st. So who's on your lineup? <laughs> Um, so it's it's, uh, it's Mel Miller, it's Ronnie Modomolo, Ronnie Modomola, sorry, uh, Warren Robertson, and Momotebe. That's a fantastic lineup. That's a great lineup. To okay, go cool. To, so the know, comedy comedy club at the Mall of the South. What time? Yes, it's Mall of the South, upper level next to the Rock Mamas at okay. 8 p.m. Uh, tickets are on sale now. On on on. Have you got a special price website. if I buy ten or yes. I, what? Book online. What's the story? No, so I've got early birds. So you get twenty bucks off. So if you come to the door, it's one forty. But if you buy any time from now until Saturday, it's one twenty. One twenty a ticket. Okay, yes. cool. Well, I, I'm I'm on the lineup. I think on the fifth of December, which may be the next yes. week. Yes, so you're, you're doing two shows. So fifteenth, sorry. Shows in a row. Oh really? Yes, you're doing fourteen and fifteen. <laughs> okay, cool. Oh, well, then we we yes. we don't we're not allowed to interview people for more than twelve minutes. Okay, not because you're not interesting, but thank you for that. That's cool. It's always <laughs> nice to know. That's where we no and go to comedycomedy.co.za. <laughs> you registered a website as well. Comedy comedy. Yeah, that's why I buy the ticket. I've even in, even got my own ticketing company, my own ticketing <laughs> software. So it's not. Rabin, I don't know why you aren't a, a massive billionaire because you've got all the stuff. I, you just need someone to believe in you. True. Well, have you tried? Uh, listening to this podcast, I have ideas. You got the funding. Let's do this. Okay, thing. the Comedy Comedy Club will go on to comedycomedy.co.za. Well, because Martin and I are actually going for a walk now around Long Street with the podcast. We're going to take a speaker with me. We're going to go find comedy Fantastic. clubs. I okay, love that what you guys are doing as well. And every time I've had to work with you guys, <laughs> I was mad impressed with your, with your professionality. <laughs> Thank you, man. You're really sober. We, we do professionalize. You, you're <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> Cheers, Rabin. Cheers, guys. Cheers, Martin. Cheers, cheers. Bye-bye. Cheers, Dave. So Martin, we're gonna we're gonna not take a break, but for the people that don't know, this, we're gonna get ready now to go take a walk through uh, Cape Town. Yeah, I'm just gonna put some shoes on because I don't want to get too. Oh, you are wearing stokies. Yeah, sure. okay. no, I've got to put some shoes on. Stokies. Even. <laughs> Martin Evans is wearing stokies. It was like the first Crocs. Okay. These are my fucking penthouse Cheers. pantoffles. These are. <laughs> these are fancy. All right, so if you want to come with us, we're going for a walk through Cape Town. No, That's for end of part one. Uh, maybe get a snack. Please. What do you want to eat? I'm so hungry. Okay, so Where was the first place that started? We mentioned Cafe Rue. Well, we've, just walked, we've just walked past Cafe Rue. We're in Short Market Street on the corner of Long. Cafe Rue is probably one of the premier venues. Are they related to the one in Kumaki? And they are, same people. Okay. Uh, I'll be performing there with Robin Fair and we're taking Pants on Fire there. Uh, Pants on Fire was your like, sketch? Um, it's a variety, variety show. show. So we're going to get the best musicians. Uh, and then you interview them, you play games with them? A bit of everything. So okay. it's probably the only show that's ever encouraged like heckling, if okay. we want that audience interaction we're okay. a noisy show and you're going to get that database is it a bit of a sort of the most amazing show kind of database as well not really uh, it's it's a bit of a mix of what Cafe Rue's got okay. and, and Rob's market and frankly the fact that I don't perform much 
my market for telecom. Where are we on our way to the next place? So, so Cafe Rio, you said, is it good service, good fee? What, how much do you um, pay? Actually, one of my favorite spots for watching decent musicians at an intimate venue. It's about 120 capacity. Okay, so they worked out the acoustics, they've got yeah, good no, it's, bar it's, prices it's and food. Because they mostly have musicians there, it's got a set stage and lighting that it really looks good for performing artists. So, uh, a good space for comedy. But not the kind of space you'll see your average open spot. So that's oh, only your headline. Barry okay. Hilton's. But that's important. So let's talk about those things. We'll get the, where this next club. I want to know the price. See, is it suited for comedy? Maybe is there the, food? Maybe this is and the what issue, comedians you know, am I going to see? A lot of folks think that the city ball here in Long Street and the water around surrounds us is like you have to put gigs on here. But there's a lot of transient folks here. So who lives in the city? Who goes out here? Versus who's here today and will they be back tomorrow? So if you're like a German kid on a backpacking holiday. Do you know this comedy? It's not. You know, um, or are you somebody who lives in Friedehoek or Tamburskhof and goes, hey, of course I know about it. Probably not too. No, we're just passing Tiger's Milk now. Okay. This is on Long Street, Street in the corner of House. Okay. <laughs> Excuse me. And uh, this is a, it's one of the, I wouldn't call it like franchise style, but there's multiples yes, of them. Yes, they've taken over like a yeah, conglomerate. It's like a kind of yeah. Rocco Mamazzi vibe. Paparada's also got it in Waterfront. Yeah. So now, what is this comedy venue? This is an occasional comedy venue. But it seems very weird. It seems like a bar it and pillars. It's poster up. It is. It's, it's, you know, not every venue works for an event just because they want to have it at. But uh, I'm trying to see if there's a poster around. Sorry about Sorry, that bus. Really no, one of your, have you ever been on a party bus? I have, it's a horrible experience. Did you Kurt do comedy Langefeld, on one? Kurt Langefeld used to be the guy for the party bus, that was his job. He said it was the worst. Oh, did he MC the party buses? Like, that with was those drunk uh, bachelorettes? Yeah. And, so anyway, I'm sure they the, do the comedy at this one. This is it, this is the venue. But it's part of it and swings around. So this oh, no, is more of an terrible. open spot evening. Okay. Uh, it's not harder, just, I, I wish, venue to play. I don't mind say. the guys that are, that are enthusiastic about comedy, but if you look at the venue and there's... Well, let's go um, back up this way. We're going to go up Hart Street because we're going to walk past another venue, which is now quite on the fancy end of the market. So. Cafe Rue is, I think, let's say in the region of about 120, 150 a ticket. Okay. But if you want to dinner and drinks, that's, you know, that's on your own bill. With a venue in the corner here, it's called Gate 69. We're just walking up. What's it, it called? Gate 69. Oh, okay. Is that Gate 69. Do a lot of the, the drag shows? Yeah, well, it's primarily like a uh, so LGBTQ. It's kind of based on the same as on Broadway used to be. Essentially. But um, what anything LB, more focused. LBGQT. And S. What's the S for? I'm not sure. I think it was, there's a whole different... The words just getting longer and longer. S. Yeah, so well, this venue is primarily has a lot of the drag shows and the trolley and dollies. And is also run the, by one of the, the cafe, cafe specific? <laughs> cafe specific. The trolley dollies, I think, is the name. But he um, actually owns shares in it, the Brendan, the guy. Quite possibly. Quite possibly. But anyway, they're open on an occasion. And the way they run their tickets is a bit different because what they do is you have... Uh, sort of a set meal as a, and a kind of cabaret dinnery thing so it's expensive but I guess you're having quite a lot like 450 rand a ticket or so that's what it is so as we walk up here now we're crossing over Loop Street up out you know there's there's a bunch of venues around here that have tried things at various stages uh, what do you think is the reason for that is every club owner gone well what's the big thing at the moment what's the rock and roll so 10 years ago it was it was hiring Foco Felicica so now is, is a comedian on that on that level well, I would have said, if I had a venue, if I was a business owner and I ran a restaurant or something and someone said, you know, oh, you have a comedy night, why is that? I said, well, you know, at seven nights a week you want to be open, you have to have some hook and entertainment angle, sometimes, and uh, dare I say it's a really cheap way of possibly bringing people into your venue, or not, yeah. 
a lot of folks end up relying on comedy to make a business that's already dead yeah, better. Exactly. And then you can't suddenly what have an amazing gig. All of a sudden, the comedy night becomes one of the busiest nights. They end up putting on more staff, ordering more stock, not realizing how good well, cool it was going to be. And then you say, well, can't you support us? So here we are passing gate 69 now. And okay. this is a successful venue, you know. When it says Three Little Pigs, is that Rob from Fumans? No, that's thing? a cabaret show. Oh, is it? Okay. So we're going to turn left now. We're back on Bree Street, just across from where I live. And this is where I was performing uh, last night. Uh, there's a venue here, Burger and Lobster. So that, hang on, let's just count how many done we've done here now. We've done four. That's three we've done so far. Cafe well, Roo. Well, K69, Cafe Roo, and Tiger's Milk. And now this one, Lobster and Burger and Lobster. There's another venue that, uh, that was last night, was used. It's only been used a couple of times so far, but feasibly a better room for comedy than... You know, so these, do these people rely on their own, if they're a restaurant, do they rely on their own database to get people in? Well, last night, for example, was a evening that was sponsored by Duras Whiskey. So Duras database, oh, okay. uh, the venues database, and they came again for like a set meal kind of option. Okay, so, so they were paying... the dope model works better. Well, again... Because like, then the guarantee that comedians are going to get paid. So you know, exactly. So we got paid cash at the end of the night, and we got a yeah. lovely, lovely meal and for takeaway. Like, you know, it seems like we're always hopping on the same thing. I want to promote it to understand. I'm a professional comedian. Hmm. So I'd like to... I don't care what you, what the fee is. I'm not worried about the fee, but you did say a certain number in my WhatsApp. Yeah. So just give me that number that you WhatsApp me. Yeah. I've decided that I want to do the gig. Don't say, yo, but Dave, you like a... Don't you do top corporate, whatever? You, why would you do a gig for 500 bucks? Well, because I want to pay for my kids' tuck shop. So like money. here we are now, and if I was, I timed it last night, and I did an Instagram story from here to my house, and it was a 57 second video. Really? From here from, to your house? From my place to, to the venue where I got Okay, it's a, a nice straight dinner. venue, there's no pillars yeah, in the way, and you obviously performed at the we end. We played down on the bottom, and Perfect. you know, a couple of tweaks, and it would have been really, no, no problem. No problem. And a good night, who was on? Uh, Martin Davis, myself, and Paul Snodgrass. Okay, cool. So let's, talk, let's call it the fourth venue, and we haven't even walked, I don't think, a full block yet. No, basically what we kind of have done is a loop on... This on is the place uh, I'm selling much for lunch. I call it Angolan, but... This one here? Yeah. This is terrible. What's it called? This is not Parada. <laughs> this, is, this is like... It's I imagine this is what, like, old people who used to go to Caprice kind of go here now. This is my vibe. But there's nothing wrong with it. Their, their drinks are expensive. Their food is expensive. It's It's got a nice spot on the street, but it's not okay. my vibe okay. at all. Let's yeah. move on. Not my What's mind. up there? Okay, that looks like. So there you, we've got. Have you seen in Joburg that a few other guys? So. Well, this is really. Names, they've taken a barber shop, yeah. and they've taken over a comedy night. So it's in Parkhurst, mm. and there's about four comics and some open micers have joined there. But normally there's only about twelve people in the barber shop. Yeah. So they turn it into a comedy night, and what they've done is they realise that social media. Yeah. Doesn't know anything about comedy. Yeah. So if you take a photo of twelve people and you go rock and show. There could have been 60 people sitting behind them. Mm. But so with the social media, they're going to come down to the show. So what I'm thinking is, there's a massive split in the entertainment value for the punter. Yeah. If I went to that barbershop and I paid 150 bucks, and four comedians came and spoke about their shoelaces, I'd be like, hang on a minute, I'm getting ripped off here. Yeah. But they're not selling it as that. They're selling it as a, as a creative space for a comedians to come and jam. event. That's See, it. Now I'm moving inside back. inside the barbershop. No. So there's people having their hair cut. I'm moving back to London shortly. And... <coughs> Excuse me. One of the issues, one of the, not issues, one of the advantages of having had an industry that's existed for so long is that for every regular straight up comedian stand up comedy night in a bar, pub, restaurant, wherever you want to put it, there's always these variations on the show. 
So, you know, somebody wants to try comedy in a laundromat. Somebody yes. wants to do... And, and you normally find it quite an eccentric mm-hmm. producer dude who used yeah. to either be an actor or he's a comedian. But when you bring it down to a, like, okay, hang on a minute. This is on my block. Yeah. I live in this community and I'm performing in the laundromat. I love that. That I'm keen on. That I don't have an issue with. Um, it's, it's, it's not hard work to do the comedy industry here in Cape Town. So now, we're getting up to the corner. So what street are uh, we walking down? This is Whale and, and uh, Bree Street Corner we're on at the moment. So what I think we should do is just get a little map that we'll send into the Facebook. Well, we'll make that the... I'll put a little link up in the, uh, the thumbnail. So let's talk four. But let's talk ones we're not going to make it to. What else is there in Cape Town? Okay, we'll so Cape Town if, we carried, the waterfront. if we carried on Bree Street right now... I'm just going to stop for a second. I'll just the go if we carry it on to Bree Street, there is on the road here now another place called Station on Bree, about a block and a half up, two blocks up. Station on Bree, then there's Orphanage, Five which is six. still running. We come back on the other side of the road, I think it was one of the salad menus that's running an occasional gig, like a vegan venue. Yes. Uh, a little bit further down. Do you expect the comics to be in on the game? Well, you know, it's like if you go do an LGBTQT night, you need you to not be homophobic. Like, why would you go and do a vegan comedy night and be like... Slapping meat in the faces of people—that would be a bit of a nice yeah. move. I'd, but I don't think there's anything. Like, I mean, if, again, if like if it's that's in your comedy set, then leave it. Mm. So around here, again, if we go back onto Long Street, there's uh, Sergeant Peppers and there's the Beer House. There's umpteen spaces around here that you can go and do a gig at. And you know what? Sometimes you look around and you go, "There's even better spaces that haven't been used." So like all the energy that goes into running a venue that might be like really shit yes, bad there's another bad, one bad there's pillars. another one on the to the left of us called Nomad but that's got a bad reputation these venues what's it called industry. Nomad uh, nobody wants to work with a guy based so, but what on is his, what is his uh, premise what is he is he a producer I think he's the venue theater? owner and he's arrogant about how he sees comedians performing at his oh, venue so he doesn't really respect said, the you know art what? form you don't, you don't understand it respect it so you don't get it so what do you think name what do the comedians want from a phone call well, if I was to like observe the industry at the moment and being in it now for 14 years and old and jaded and all this kind of stuff, <laughs> um, I don't look at it in the same way with the hope and aspirations of some of the younger guys. When I say hope and aspirations, it's almost like they've held it up to this mythical, magical status. And, and perhaps, we're going to go left here, we're walking down Loop Street now. But we're we'll onto, really onto eight clubs. Yeah. If you look at something like these guys, they... They just love it so much. Every day they talk about it on their social media, about the buzz they get just from being on a stage. And these yeah, smaller yeah. venues fulfill this need. It doesn't, in all truth, doesn't in all truth show that this city's got a real growing comedy industry. It shows that there's a culture of comedy. But it's not necessarily So you mentioned something now. So you reckon that a lot of people are considering stand-up comedy yeah. just to have the balls to be on stage. Well, we're now passing House of H and upstairs... They had on nice. their roof venue. This is an amazing spot. We should maybe come here for some lunch. It's like brisket style, you know, like your okay. American barbecue kind of thing. Okay. It's an option. Is that where you choose your menu and you sort of add your food as you go on a way? I believe thing. so. Yeah, that's yeah, right. Okay. Yeah, there's there's options. Yeah. yeah. Check a van. It looks just like my old VW. <laughs> and I bet you it doesn't work either. Probably doesn't. Have. Okay, we got three minutes left. So we're making our way back to House of Machines where we started off and got our coffee. But, but I think the, the whole scale of it, I think the whole idea of what you're talking about is that there's... 11 to 12 places purely for comedy yep now obviously on the other nights there's bands and shit but and no, we're not including we didn't, we didn't even walk full blocks we're not including within a, another one kilometer range Cape Town Comedy Club which has been open yes. for five years we've got Fireman's which is a regular monthly gig as well I think we'll list this in the podcast just in terms of we're not advertising any product but 
just to tell people how, how, how can you say <laughs> you're a comedian what other job do you do when you've got 10 clubs you can work in within two weeks you can make yourself a fairly decent living no you can't not no. you're living with your mom young comic no none of these gigs pay anything more than go out of the house money they really? are certainly not pay for your rent money gigs uh, the majority of the open spot gigs are literally open spot gigs um, you're so they paid, might you make be a burger making and a beer. 300 rand or so to pass on. Really small money for okay. for feasible acts. As a pro series of gigs, no, you can't make enough to cover your rent if you just relied on that. I, I wouldn't say so. Not not for do you, new acts. Do you, no uh, are you keen to organize gigs? What would you... Would you always pay your open mic for something? Well, no. I, I guess no. I'm currently... I've got my own PA system and lights and everything, and I have been assisting with the running of gigs. What I prefer doing now is just giving some guys some advice and tips, which is often all that's needed. Like saying, hey, make sure you got that oh. thing. And then this is the lovely spot, Pokeball. Maybe we can come back here and have some lunch. It's very clean <laughs> and healthy. No, I, I don't want to necessarily run the gigs. I don't believe that the culture of comedy is uh, effectively being put forward in the right way. So that, you know, aspiring acts should be able to earn money soon. Yes doesn't mean just because you're a great new act that you're a fucking hero legend and need money straight away. Like, the, the, you've you got to want do your it, time, eh? do your time, be prepared to show up. And I see it a lot with really good comics in this country who are well-respected, who will show up at any opportunity to go on stage because yes. they just love it. You'll often find yeah. um, then, Skulk, uh, Loisa Gula, mm. always at the clubs. He's always there. And you know what? He goes up there and he says to the audience straight up, listen, I'm trying something new. See if we do it. Are we done or not? Yeah, One done, more. Pretty much. We okay. can carry on and I can show you more, but like, let's no, no, thank people for sticking with us for this long but I think if you do come to Cape Town if you tell people about the podcast you've got incredible large amount and these things are advertised they're on social media yeah and like, I, said, like I just said a lot of them might be open spot nights but because of the so culture of comedy, the, comedy the, 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 the guys will show theater. up the guys will show up to do it if someone's in town you'll, you'll see them jump on in obs and come down to town you never know who you're going to see yeah, and we, we didn't get a chance to talk about the village idiot as well there's, there's, oh, there's a lot but anyway, I think... When you said Village Idiot, I really thought you meant Paul Snodgrass. Uh, no, he's over there. We can go have a chat to him now. We don't have... All right, thanks, Martin. We took a little trip around town. So, just in closing, uh, what clubs did we see? I counted eight. Well, I'm going to try to do this in my head. Uh, we've got Nomad. We've got Gate 69. We've got uh, Burger and Lobster. We've got Station on Bree. We've got Orphanage. We have uh, Tiger's Milk. We also have, what else did we mention? Um, we've got uh, Cafe Rue. Uh, around the corner, there's the uh, Fireman's Arms. That's about a block away to the left. And then there's Cape Town Comedy, just at the waterfront, kilometer away. Has anyone else ever expressed the, the shock, not the shock, at how many there are? Or do people just not know? Do they sort of think, well, comedy's at this one place? Well, you know, there's a lot of new acts who are making up the comedy fraternity. So their energy's fresh. So they're not maybe looking on what happened in the past and going, wow, there's a lot more nights than there used to be. But if you look at the social media diaries, if, if that's what you want to call it, of the acts, they're out there regularly performing. And if they're not performing in the City Bowl, they're somewhere else in the city. There's, there's a lot of other gigs happening and around the greater Cape Town area. And then we're coming up to that end of the year thing. Like, for instance, I mean, Kurt and myself did a, a weird corporate at a, like an old... It looked like a strip club, but I think it was a boxing club. It was the old assembly. Do you remember that, where that was? Oh, yeah, the one out in Harrington Street. Yeah. So that's now a, a, a venue. But it's coming up to the end of the year thing. Any, any plans for your stuff or corporates or things? What are you doing? Well, I've been working towards getting more and more roles in television and film, and I've had a really fortunate season so far, so I'm going to continue doing that. I'm doing Cape Town Comedy next week. I'm emceeing it, but 
I've actually got to. I've got full week. Wednesday I'm, to Sunday. I'm there from Wednesday to Sunday, but unfortunately, my shooting schedule hasn't been released. So that kind of I've got to go work that out and work around it. Uh, and then I'm doing Pants on Fire with Rob in the new year, which is going to be great fun because we haven't done that since the National Arts Festival. And well, that's that includes like a bit of an improv. Well, it's it's angle. It's going to be a little bit more structured because both Rob and I aren't drinking at the moment, right? And <laughs> we're a little older, a little wiser. And we always encourage an audience involvement. So it's going to have some aspect where it's improvised because we don't know what's going to happen. We're standing on the roof at the moment in case anyone's wondering. <laughs> so we just sort of, okay, so that's uh, the one thing we didn't speak about was, okay, it's festive season. I, I just wish everyone has a lacquer season. And that's including clients. I want clients to be happy with the comedy, comic they've chosen. If, the, if he's an MC or she's an MC, whatever they're doing, just be happy with the choices. There's so many more choices. And obviously with more choices comes all the bullshit as well because it's, People are sometimes chosen on their social media exposure rather than their talent. But I just, yeah, I hope for a really cool season for all the comics. Yeah, I mean, if I get into that as well, I'm not looking personally to book much corporate work. And when somebody does come to me with uh, a feasible booking, I normally suggest the person I think is right for it. So maybe the bookers out there, if you're listening, consider a, a larger range of comics. And I don't mean to say that you need to underpay, but you'll pay less. And you'll expose more, and uh, you're putting more turkey on the Christmas tables for a lot That's more it. people. So, yeah, maybe think of doing an MC plus two two acts for your gig, and then you sort of helping new comics as well. So yeah. then, another thing was I drove here from Joburg, and the drive seemed quick, like a couple of hours, because of the podcast I was listening to. So on Cliff Central, the one was the Renegade Report. It gets quite serious, but there's an underlying irony, and they they're actually very funny cynical guys who are talking heavy politics and heavy structural things in the country and, and anything from you know they talk about fiscal challenges plus racial issues and things and that's with Jonathan Witt and Roman Abramovich I can't remember his name Kabernak Roman Kabernak I know him from Twitter I don't know Roman Kabernak I've never heard the podcast but just I do suggest people to listen to that because it's coming up to holidays and it is if you are driving long distances podcasts kind of keep you awake because your senses are, are heightened um the other one was Alec Baldwin. Here's the thing. He had such a brilliant interview, which you would think it wouldn't be interesting. But this uh, woman wrote a book. She was an editor at one of the big magazines, and she wrote a book on a fire that burnt a library down in Los Angeles in 1986. So it seems like a nothing. And yet for two hours they talk about the fact that when a library was burnt down, there were four million pieces of literature in there that are no longer there because they didn't have digital it was 86. So just an interesting podcast with Here's the Thing. And then the other one is also a guy called Dan Carlin. It's um, called Wake Up Call or something. Oh, yeah, you look for that. I've been uh, listening to not so much actually podcasts recently. It's actually going on to audiobooks per se. And uh, you download Audible. I have had Audible in the past. I've had multiple, like a bunch of uh, free books. I say free books. I end up paying through the nose. Forget you have a subscription there, and they they remind you on a monthly <laughs> basis. But I've got a lot of audiobooks that have been saved off in other drives and stuff as well. Ooh, the wind's picking yeah, up. The wind's picking up. So it's Common Sense by uh, Dan Collin. For now, um, yeah, we wish you good, good holidays. We have got one more podcast coming up at the end of, the, at end of next week. And then we've got some bikers that are traveling around the country, uh, female bikers coming on the show. So thanks for listening. I want to say goodbye for Eric, Richelieu, and what are you, Ryan. What are you doing? I haven't got many gigs, so I'm in Cape Town now doing this week. And then so I finish on Sunday. But you're at the beer... I'm at beer fest was more for the, just the magazine that I design and just to, have, just to drink beer. Right. But I'm not doing any comedy there. I think next year I would definitely speak to, especially with this year, there's, there's money to be made. If that was sponsored by doers and that's sponsored by them, mm. at the beer festival there should be a comedy tent. And we speak to these guys and they start playing a role. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, uh, I look forward to coming down to the beer fest thing. But for somebody who's on 42 oh, days yes, of not that. drinking, 
it's going to be mostly like actually sniffing things and spitting out like like a, an adult to receive. Anyway, I, I believe that sniffing things and spitting out is like an entry into adulthood and other things. And that's what I'm going to say. Like, be careful what you spit out and be careful what you sniff. That's good advice. But thanks for listening to the Just Now podcast. My name's Dave Linson. Who are you? I'm Martin Evans. Thanks, guys. It's been fun. Cheers. Bye. This is CliffCentral.com.